Welcome to Encounter Church tonight. We have got a special service for you. It's an interview with Pastor Mike Connell and our pastor, Brent Douglas. Like last week, we are expecting for it to be incredible with amazing wisdom and revelation. So you're in for a treat tonight. Welcome for those who are new here. Please comment in the chats and say you're here. We'd love to hear from you and let's get into it. Well, it's so wonderful to uh, have Pastor Mike Connell with us again tonight. Uh, the feedback from our session a week ago has just been extraordinary. And uh, many, many people have just found it to be some of the most challenging stuff. And of course, what we did was, following that on Tuesday night in, in the Zoom broadcast that I do um, with Emily, uh, we, we continued on the whole flow of issues about the Kingdom of God. And it's had such an impact that uh, I just felt that it would be good to venture <coughs> into this whole topic. It is such a deep, such a powerful topic. And so, Mike, uh, greetings. Great to have you with us. So grateful that you've been prepared to give time to do this. Why don't you just bring your greetings for a moment? Hey, Brent. So wonderful to be with you. Thank you. I always enjoy getting with you and the fun we have talking before we even get online. <laughs> and uh, for all <laughs> it's great to have someone who's been a friend for so many years in ministry. And, and listen, welcome everyone who's uh, watching online. It's a great joy to connect with you tonight and uh, just to be sharing with you some of the things that uh, we've learned on our journey. And uh, I always love working with uh, Brent. Uh, it's just a great dialogue and flow. And I find we're always on that same flow in the spirit. So it, uh, it encourages both of us. And uh, anyway, great to have you with us tonight. Yeah, well, great. Well, right, Mike, let's get into it. Last week, you know, you powerfully um, shared about your experience in bringing um, your attention, God bringing your attention, and ultimately the revelation of the kingdom of God. And there are two powerful scriptures that I would like to uh, have you sort of speak to, and they've been central to me in my understanding of the kingdom of God. One is Romans fourteen seventeen. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the second is 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. And I mean, that is such a contrast to so much of what goes on. Um, you know, it's talking about characters, talking about supernatural power. Although I just wonder if you'd like to comment on those verses, which I think are so foundational to our understanding of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Well, I love, I love the verse. Any verses on the kingdom, I love the verses on the kingdom. But uh, the, the kingdom of heaven, not eating and drinking. In other words, it's not external things. So while the kingdom of heaven manifests externally in ways that are tangible and change the flow and course of life, uh, nevertheless, the kingdom in this era is primarily internal. It's within our hearts. So the kingdom is every place that we allow the Lord mm. to rule. We're in alignment with him as well as being done. And the consequence of that is... Uh, there's righteousness. That means we're, we're living rightly. We're in right relationship, and out of the right relationship flows right activities and actions. Uh, I think the primary thing is there's always a peace you feel in your heart. And Colossians 3 tells us, if, uh, let the peace of God rule will be the umpire of your heart. So anything that knocks your peace, then you know something is out of alignment with the kingdom. And I think many people don't, don't get that nor live by that. But any time your inward peace is gone, then something's shaking or coming against the order of the kingdom. And then joy the Holy Ghost brings. Well, you know, 
I just love the joy of the Holy Ghost. It's not like just a natural humor. It's an inner joy in your spirit that's a, regardless of circumstances. So I've made it one of my missions, of course, is to make people laugh a lot more because they get so serious. <laughs> caught up, they become too intense yeah. and self-important. And, yeah. you know, I, I think one of the greatest things we can do is bring laughter as attractive. Mm. You know, it says of Jesus, who's in full alignment with the kingdom, it says he was anointed with the oil of joy or gladness above all his brethren. So he was a joyful person. Mm. I love all of that. Well, you see, I, I remember you telling me one of the stories of, of you because, you know, you cruise on cruise ships occasionally and, and you have these people that say, look, if we ever go on another cruise, we want to go with you because you <laughs> yes, make it so right. enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kept hidden from them. I was a pastor and they didn't find out I was a pastor until about day five. Yeah. And they said, a man of the cloth? No. <laughs> 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 oh dear so now it's a very very powerful scripture indeed so anytime you lose your joy and lose your peace then there's a change in the way you relate in your activities to others and always it's because something is out of order inside I, I think people try to control what's outside them rather than actually learn how to surrender to the holy spirit and become aligned within and so uh, that of course is yeah, the key I mean, thing. that thing you just said they they because things are out of order inside, they change their behavior toward others. Yes. Let's talk about that for a moment. That is so powerful. Yeah. Well, it, you know, in, uh, in the book of Revelations, it said, uh, it says in chapter 19, verse 7, 8, it says, you know, the, the, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb has come, you know, and his bride has, has made herself ready. So notice there's a personal preparation. And to her was gr uh, granted she should be arrayed in white linen, which is the righteous acts of the saints. So in other words, the clothing in eternity or eternal reward reveals and reflects the righteous acts we've lived on, our, on the earth. So from a Hebrew perspective, when the heart is right with God, the activities will then flow from that heart and show up as righteous acts of generosity and kindness. Wow. So if you're disordered on the inside, if your heart has gone adrift or there's problems in your heart, burdens in your heart, then out of your heart flows the rivers of your life. You, it'll affect how you relate to people. So, for example, if fear starts to grip you, then now your attention is on yourself. It shuts down the flow of the Spirit, shuts down the river of God, shuts down the river of joy, and now your focus is on trying to overcome the threats externally. So you change the way you're relating. You try to control conversations or circumstances or people. So it's always the same. When you change on the inside, you change on the outside. It's a dynamic principle of the kingdom. God wants to change us. He changes from the inside. Religion tries to change us on the outside. Hmm. So all religion is about rules, laws, do this, don't do that, wear this, don't wear that, look like this, meet with this, don't meet with that. But God doesn't do that. He, he starts on the inside. He said, if I've got your heart, then all the other stuff will, if you'll cultivate your heart, all the godliness will begin to grow and express itself through your life. Mm. Most people try to change everything outside them, and then a burden—it's all too much, and I can't do it. Right. I mean, that is just so so powerful. I mean, we're we're going to talk a little bit later about about inner healing mm. and so on because that naturally flows. It naturally uh, flows, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> out of out of the kingdom. But but you know, but but I'd like to since you mentioned it. I mean, what would you say to a person? You need to cultivate your heart. What 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 do you do to cultivate your heart? Okay, well, if we just go back to the uh, mandate <clears throat> given to Adam. Adam was put in a garden, which is a territory. 
Yep. So, so all sons have a territory, that, and they're given a mandate in that territory. He was given two things to do. One was cultivate it, and the other one was to protect it. So the protection means I've got it. There's an enemy. It's a very real enemy, and I have to assert dominion. That means I've got to be alert to what is going on. I've got to guard what's going on. I've got to take a defensive or an aggressive stand against enemies externally. And secondly, I need to cultivate. I need to invest into the development. So uh, you can look at different aspects. Your your heart is the first territory you have. Wow. So if you don't govern and guard your heart, then all of your life will be out of order. Hmm. And, and you can put on religious activities and do lots of things, but within it will be a stream of whatever's in your heart will flow through it. So it'll flow through your motivations. It'll flow through everything. Guard your heart with what it means to keep your heart, protect your heart diligently for, from your heart flow, uh, the issues of your life, the rivers of your life, or the boundaries or borders it also means. Yep. Meaning that limitations are not external, like in finance or uh, any education or background or anything. Uh, limitations are always internal. You change the internals, the external will then uh, gradually align itself around all of that. So, so we're to guard our heart. Now, to, to guard your heart means you must be aware of it and take responsibility for it. Mm, mm. So if, if you live a life on the surface, always living out of your head and disconnecting from your heart, you lack heart awareness. And if you lack heart awareness of yourself, you'll lack heart awareness of the others that you care about that are near to you. And you'll relate out of your head or your thoughts, the natural mind, rather than actually out of a flow of life from your heart. Hmm. I mean, it's so challenging, isn't it? Isn't it? What it is. Because actually, you, you could have added to that and you lose your connection with God because your heart's out well, of Well, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, all connection with God is through the heart and spirit. So if, you, if you're not connected to your heart, how are you connected to God? Right, right. It's like you're plugged in, but you haven't switched on. Yeah. You, you're not accessing, you know, the, the, the love of Christ is to grow in our heart uh, and, yeah. and that Christ may be manifest in our heart. So God joins us spirit to spirit, but the engine of your life is the, uh, is the, is the heart. So you've got to then cultivate and grow your heart. So the energizing influence, the revelation, the flow of the life of the spirit and the power of the spirit engages your heart and then manifests through your life. Mm. You know, Mike, we, we were talking on Tuesday night um, about this, and, and I said, you know, one of, the, one of the keys regarding the kingdom is understanding the tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Solomon, because you go into the holy place, you've got the altar of incense, table of showbread, and the, um, and the lamp, and yes. the Holy Spirit, and you see the whole thing is you've got to, in prayer, approach the word of God by activating the realm of the Holy Spirit to shine light upon yes. the word of God to bring revelation. And we are meant to live in the light of the revelation of God because exactly. that's what actually brings faith and what transforms our heart. So you can't actually cultivate your heart without having a living relationship with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and with yes. the word of God and the three interconnecting together to bring revelation. Absolutely. Yeah, the blood, the word, and the spirit, you know, <laughs> three things on earth. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, you know, you're right. So I, I think modern church leaves out teaching on the tabernacle. So there's whole revelation of God's order that's not understood because we won't teach about those things. Yeah. And, you know, there's 50 chapters, I think, devoted to the tabernacle alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's big, that's more than any other topic in the Bible. Yeah. It must yeah. be very important from God's point of view. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I was sharing uh, just, you know, how the Old Testament is all about Christ. So when Je it must have been amazing to, for Jesus. He opened their mind to understand all the things in the scriptures concerning him. So going through every book of the Old Testament, yeah. he begins with, that was about me. This is about me. That's about me. You know, that's about me. The high priest garments. He said, that's about me. I'm the high priest. You know, <laughs> I'm bearing you in my heart. I'm carrying responsibility for you in prayer before the Father. You know, it goes on through every book. Yeah, it does. It when, does. when did you last hear a message of Christ revealed through the Bible and they uncovered Christ in every book? I mean, you just don't, when did you hear that message? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, I, I preached a little, little bit about that just recently when I, you know, I was talking about Daniel and all of a sudden Jesus appears with, with the three guys that were thrown in, into the furnace of fire. Yes. And, and, and he was actually recognized by the king. You know, yes. Like Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, Jesus was, was right there manifesting himself and there. To yes. To protect those three guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the pattern right through the Bible is Jesus was there. Yes, but Jesus, you, you Jesus, got, Jesus. You've got to read the Old Testament in the light that this is giving you understanding and insight into how the Holy Spirit and how Jesus interacts with us in yes. order to get us to a place of faith. Yes, and you have all these people in the Bible who their life is to point us to Jesus. So you'll notice with them, so you get someone like Abraham, the father of faith, but there's always every one of them have got a glitch in them. They're not one that's perfect. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very positive because, one, you're not meant to look to that person. They're meant to point you to Christ. Yeah. And, two, God can use incomplete people to do his will and to be yeah. a prophetic picture for a generation, you know. <laughs> I mean, listen, you were talking about the other scripture was 1 Corinthians 4.20 where you got on to talk about the kingdom of God is not just in words but in power. Yeah. Now that it's all, I think that one was scratched out of some of the newer versions of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but the kingdom must have demonstration. Constantly it tells us Jesus taught and did, did and taught. And mm -hmm. so the demonstration of the spirit must go, and the reality of the kingdom must go with the teaching of the kingdom. And churches removed it. We focus on the teaching, not on the demonstration. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus, uh, you know, like in Matthew 12, 28, he said, if I, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, cast out demons, then is the kingdom come among you. So exactly. right there he's saying very clearly, I mean, he taught them to pray, thy kingdom come, but a lot of people don't connect the two verses. And the kingdom coming means people who've got demons get delivered. That is <laughs> one way the kingdom comes, you know. And yeah. he says, I'm doing this by the power of the Spirit. So there yeah. it is, the kingdom, a man in faith, yielded to the Holy Spirit and Word of God, and there's a kingdom manifestation, healing, miracles, breakthroughs, because the kingdom is an eternal kingdom. It's not limited by the natural realm. You know, Mike, I was criticized by a very senior prophetic apostolic ministry some years ago um, because the, the way when I go into a church is, I, you know, I'll get off on the praise of worship, start moving in the Holy Spirit, and then I'll preach. And, of course, the whole point is that what I preach is, is already proven to be true because I've just demonstrated Yes. Right. And he criticized me. He said, you should preach the word to create faith first before you do anything and praying for people and all the rest of it. <coughs> and I thought, what a total perversion of the approach that Jesus did. You know, he'd, yeah. he'd cast out a demon and say, now, look, guys, what have you learned? You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I got told <laughs> off for the same thing. Did you really? Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. In, in Singapore. Oh, the guy was highly aggrieved. Because when I got up, I started to move in the spirit. <laughs> and we prayed for lots of people. And God did all kinds of things that people delivered, people healed, people got prophetic words. And he said, no, you shouldn't have done that. Now, that's a religious spirit right there. Exactly. You notice? 
it ignores what yeah. God is doing <laughs> and talks about what ought to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I Jesus said that all the that. time. I mean, the woman gets healed from the spirit of infirmity and, and he starts talking about the Sabbath and what you ought to do on the Sabbath, ignoring the miracle. That's <laughs> religious spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absolutely horrendous, isn't it? Well, we must be believing for greater and greater levels of power. We must be praying and, and pressing in for the age to come now. So the kingdom, we see greater manifestations and miracles of healing and blind eyes opened. And uh, I just had a testimony just right now. I just read of a guy and I'd been in a meeting uh, in Australia and he'd been in the police force, been traumatized, then discarded. So he's just left out. And, uh, and uh, he came to one of the meetings, the power of God hit him. He not only got delivered, he had a long, about an hour and a half encounter with the Lord. And he says he's been able to break out of the trauma he'd gone through as a police officer. And that, I was just blessed. I just started my reply just well, before I got on the phone to you. I, I, exactly. I had the same thing about five minutes ago before we started. I got an really? email from a friend of mine. Uh, and and they're a prophetic group in, in just, just out of Texas, out of um, uh, Houston. And, and one night there was this, this missionary lady, and she'd be in her 70s now. She'd never been slain in the spirit. And, and anyway, I prayed for her. She got slain in the spirit. Then I prayed for her again. She got slain in the spirit. Well, her ministry has absolutely exploded in India. And she's written back and said that, that experience that night was the most powerful, um, amazing life transfer, whatever I can remember exactly, yeah. that she's All ever had. And they've just, they have just baptized 10,000 people in water. Oh, that's <laughs> stunning. How awesome is that? Wow. So I was pretty blessed by that, Tessie. But you see, that's the whole thing. What changed her wasn't the next great message. It was no. an experience of the power of God. Yes, exactly. Well, the messages we're going to do at the whole of the West would be really on fire. <laughs> you got great preachers and great messages. People need encounters with Jesus. They need encounters with the power of the Holy Ghost. They need to engage the reality of the kingdom, yeah. not just the message of it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. My. Well, you're yeah. getting us going now, Brent. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you talk talk about the power of God and moving in the power. I mean, that's my my world, really. And uh, but you see, I, I'm the same as you, Mike. Um, you know, I've seen the difference between a Christian who's never had a power encounter with Jesus Christ and someone who's had a power encounter with Jesus Christ. Yes. And, 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 and you see, I'll tell you something else. I, you know, pastors say, how come you've got so many leaders around you? Well, I said, because I obey the Bible. The Bible says in some of things, 110, they shall volunteer freely in the day of his power. If you've got no power, you'll have a problem getting volunteers. But if you've got power, volunteers come to the service. I mean, move in power. <laughs> well, I think then that's where there's a need for the constant training of pastors, how to do that, yeah. the kind of life needed to carry the power, which yeah. is another issue itself, yeah. and then the pursuit of the power of God, and then how to work in it, the practical steps and stuff. Well, that's why I'm bringing you up for the pastor's days. Um, oh, good on you, mate. We're back into it again, eh? We're firing them up again. Oh, Bring well, us well, out. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 just, we just have to because it's just there, there is just a lack of power. Well, Mike, let's get on to another question. Um, and the, the fruit of understanding of the power of God just naturally, um, as, we, as we've already spoken, you know, results in deliverance and res, uh, from demons yeah. and healing from brokenness, 
fitness and and of course you are renowned as being one of the the world experts in both areas and we touched a little bit on brokenness and I, I just wonder if you would just talk very quickly through some of the key truths and practices you've discovered when you are seeking to bring healing to people's hurts and brokenness because this is such a, 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 a relevant moment topic that people are really wanting some answers mm. to right well, I think, again, the problem is the church focuses on behaviors rather than heart. It focuses on fruit rather than roots. And so when we're working with a person, uh, inevitably the problems they are experiencing are an outworking of the hidden roots of the heart. That means the hidden wounds that are unresolved, the hidden beliefs that they've formed over a period of time. As a result of that, you know, usually beliefs of rejection, low value, all those kinds of things. Uh, the traumas that they've had, because trauma not only affects the emotions, it affects the whole body and the spirit and opens the realm to demonization. Uh, the, then the reactions people make to try and control their world, which, which brings them inevitably under the spirit of Jezebel to some degree and becoming trained by that and how to do life. And then there are usually reactions like inward vows or um, judgments people make in their hearts. So I, I basically look for those things. I look for uh, when someone comes to, first of all, what is the fruit that's manifesting in their life? How long is that fruit being manifested? Sometimes people, or frequently, they can't connect the fruit with some choice or decision or something that's happened to them. Yeah. Uh, frequently, if I ask, well, how long has this been a problem? And then we explore around that time. Then you <laughs> find actually they say, oh, wait a minute. That's what happened to me. And, mm -hmm. and they haven't connected the, the problem that happened to them, the event that happened, the trauma that happened, the experience they had, disappointment, betrayal, whatever it was, setback. Uh, loss or lack, all of those sort of things. They, they don't connect that with the problem they're having now, that it's now matured and producing a fruit in their marriage or relationships. So I look for basically what is, first of all, the fruit, and then we source back to the roots. And the roots are inevitably, uh, number one, generational. They're a, pa a pattern that's been in the family that no generation has ever taken it on. And they have the joy of being the generation called to bring this problem to an end yeah, and build something for the future. Absolutely, yeah. So you can either look back and be bitter and complain, or you can say, God has given me the honor of being the first generation to understand what this is and to bring it to an end. Right. So that that's one thing. Um, I think within the home are the uh, major sources of, of challenge, and they can be in the form of uh, wounds that take place where people are hurt by the actions of a parent. It could be even while they're in the womb. It could be uh, in childbirth. It could be in the early growing years. It could be by a father abandoning the family. I mean, there's many variations of it, but uh, these things have an impact on an impressionable child. And uh, so wounds uh, have a deep impact. And, and sometimes people are wounded not just by what's done to them, but what, by what's withheld from them. So say a mother or father who's a workaholic or performance person will withhold affirmation and love. And that produces a wounding in the heart just so it's either what was done or what was withheld can produce massive issues in the heart then people form belief structures so then or they may have traumas they may have you know a betrayal a family breakup a death suddenly of a parent uh, sickness uh, they're assaulted in some way there's so many variety accidents hospitalization these are all different forms of trauma that take place and often when children are young adults don't realize how impacting it is to the child 
and mm. then years later they are suffering because of it. Yeah. Uh, in our in our experience, Joy um, experienced three major traumas in her life, wow. which then disconnected her totally from her heart, and it was quite um, a challenge to actually address them. The first one, she's 18 months. As a child, she pulled down a, a jug and got scalded on her arm. Her arm was severely burnt. She was hospitalized and separated and got skin grafts. And that's three months away from her mother when she's very young. That had a deep impact in terms of emotions and dealing with emotions, bearing the pain, trying to just survive. Uh, at the age of uh, 12, she was in a car and her sister, older sister, very attached to. She was killed in a tragic car accident and the family had their challenge at addressing and dealing with it. And um, what happened was there was no talk about it that Joy can remember. So it was mm. like his sister was there, then gone. And then they changed Joy's name. She was Miriam Joy. Her father changed it to be called Joy. It was Miriam and Margaret. Margaret's the one that died. And then now it's Joy and Janet. Janet's the next one down. So Joy lost her identity completely at that point wow. in her life. Wow. And and this had this had impact to lot, years after we had married and were in pastoring ministry. And so I, I said, you have to process this thing. Mm. You must actually face that it's an unresolved trauma, it's an unresolved wound, and there's different dimensions to it, and you need not only deliverance from the spirits that use the opportunity to infect you, you also need to face and address the grief and the pain that you've never worked through. So we did that, and she was totally freed. I took her actually down to the accident site, and I let her stand there and remember what happened mm. and allow her to connect to the hard emotions. Oh, I got her to write a letter to the lost sister to say all the things she wanted to say uh, about, you know, what she loved and valued in her, what she had struggled. So, in other words, I helped her facilitate a heart engagement, her own heart, wow. by journaling. And then when she went there, she was able to weep at the grave as she read the letter. And then I was able to pray for her and deliver her there, uh, break the soul tie to the sister, and then break the spirit of grief off her life. So surprisingly enough, I've been to the graveyard with several people because it was at that, and it was interesting, at the point where they stood at the grave, the reality of the loss came to them. They lived in such strong denial. Oh, wow. So what we find is that when people are hurt and don't know where to go with it, they try to control it and bury it by either minimizing or denying it or putting it in like in a compartment where we just, we don't go there. And then they become like a house with a hundred rooms and they've asked Jesus into the entrance area and one room only. And they've got these other 99 rooms and they've locked the door yes. because shame or pain or abuse or some trauma or some demonization or something they did that they don't want anyone to see. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what sanctification is letting Jesus into those rooms and allowing him one room at a time to bring healing and restoration and wholeness to our heart so we encounter love where love was withheld. Wow, wow. So it's, it's quite interesting. I, I actually love it all because it's, it's like a, it's, you can see how one thing connects to another. And it's, quite, it's wonderful when you're with someone and suddenly they make all the connections. Suddenly the Holy Spirit lifts the lid off and what was hidden in the darkness is now in the light. And they say, oh, my goodness, I see. Uh, look, I'm just doing the same things that happened when I was growing up. I'm just like my mother. I've married someone just like my father. How did that happen? Yeah. I, <laughs> I said, well, there's, there's also, apart from the woundings issue and trauma issues and the withholding of love, there are also, we violate principles of the word of God. There is always a consequence. And sometimes it's immediate, but frequently it's not. 
And because it's not, we're deceived by the sin. So I'll give you a typical, one of the most um, powerful examples is Ephesians 6, verse 2, where it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well for you, that you may live long. Now, you notice there, there's a promise made attached to honoring our source. So the source of life is our mother, the source of life is our father. Now, they may be incomplete, they may be wonderful people, but they still have their brokenness and lacks, or they may be uh, broken people and, and have done some terrible things. Whatever it is, we're called honor as our response to our parents who gave us life. And the failure to honor, the forming of judgments, the making vows, I'll never be like mum, never like dad, never marry anyone like mum, never marry anyone like dad, I'll never be poor, I'll never do this. All of that locks um, judgments and bitterness in the heart and ensures that then the same thing happens. Sometimes it doesn't show itself until we're married or sometimes not even until there's children. And then it's usually after that first child, then these patterns start to emerge. And, and people can't understand why. I mean, you were so wonderful when I met you and we fell in love or we'd done this. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> like a new thing. <laughs> where did you go? You know, where did the nice guy go? Or the nice woman go? And it's just the, the, the engaging in marriage now has now surfaced the unresolved pain. And now it's so it can be healed and processed. So God loves us as a father, wants us healed. So he doesn't mind if there's a bit of pain and upheaval in the exposure process. And usually that's what we call the crisis. And that's where people come to you. And you notice they don't come when you run the seminar. They come about a month later. <laughs> when there's a crisis. Because we, we fail to put value on and invest in the things that are really important. Marriage is really important. Your heart and your health is very important. Your spiritual life is very important. Why not make it a priority to invest in those things? Anyway, I hope that helps kind of. Well, get I, mean, you it does. I mean, it, it reminds me. I mean, I was talking to a person a few, uh, a few months ago, and I mean, a lot of trauma, a lot of, you know, depression and so on. But you see, it became obvious her mother had been an alcoholic. Yes. And they, the, the, the father and the rest of the family hid this and hid the mother oh. from them. Yeah. Uh, they, they never talked about her alcoholism. Right, they right. They never talked about um, the, the, all, all, the, all the results and so on. And so it was an area that, that had been ignored. And I said to her, I said, listen, listen, this has totally traumatized you. Yes. And she found it so hard to accept that the, 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 the lies the deception right. the yes. oh, I know. actually yeah. traumatized her so, so hugely. You know, well, in some I, cases like that, there's like a, a, a vow of secrecy sits over the whole family. Well, that's what was there. The culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to break that off before people start to talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely horrendous. But you see, see this, this raises the, the, the next question, Mike, which is a question that I am asked frequently and... And, and I have to be very, very careful when I'm asked this question because um, my old self can rise up and become <laughs> quite critical. I can of... well believe that, Brent. <laughs> but got to keep under the cross. Exactly. But, you know, many people, as you and I are discovering, are, are far more open to actually being prepared to address brokenness. But they're in situations where there is just no one that they know of who's able to give them practical advice oh, and workable solutions. And you see, part of the problem is this. 
and, and I've done this many times where I've sat a person in a chair, got a group of people around, and, and this person's got a problem, and then I ask each of the people, um, what, what, what counsel would you give her? And the answer's always the same. I've heard that before, and it hasn't worked. I've heard that before, and it hasn't worked. Because I say to the people that give the advice, well, you're just giving her a load, load of religious garbage. Because yes, what exactly. you're giving is not helping her. It's actually imprisoning her. Now, the yeah. question is, where, do, where does a person go? They're, they're sitting in some church that they don't, they're, they're up, they're not skilled in this, or they don't even believe in this stuff, and yet they know what we're talking about to be true. I mean, what, what do they do? Where do they go? How do they start to, to start to have the kingdom invade into their lives to bring healing? I mean, right. what your advice? Okay. Well, I think what, you, what you're saying is you're, you're now exposing a major lack in churches that are all over the West. It's just, it's tragic and it's heartbreaking. And it's because the pastors have uh, been raised with faulty theology Yep. or because they themselves are very broken and have never experienced deliverance and healing. So I, I try to focus on going only to churches where they will equip people with this ministry and make room for it in the church and the pastor will be open for it. Because otherwise, I just it's impossible. There's too many people to heal. It's just a waste of energy if I can't actually build something. Okay, yep. so now, so just, so the churches are mandated, preach the gospel, heal the broken heart, cast out demons we're given a mandate so it's, there's a failure of mandate for a variety of reasons so you're stuck in a church like that uh, i had a couple just recently i've been in dialogue with her who be exactly that situation and of course they they develop what i call dark loyalty let me talk about that before i tell them what to do Sounds dark, yeah, yeah, dark loyalty is where you remain loyal to the point where you overlook either abuse or shortcomings or control or um, manipulation because of your loyalty to the pastor, to the church, to everything. And you're not actually balancing loyalty with integrity. You understand integrity has to do with being upright and being open, transparent. We're actually in harmony inside and out. And in loyalty, we, we remain true to someone through their difficulties. So both are qualities in the kingdom, but often the qualities of the kingdom balance one another. Mm. So frequently, so for example, the, the, the thing you just mentioned before, you describe what's called dark loyalty, where the family members are all loyal. What are they loyal to? They're not loyal to Jesus and his kingdom. They're loyal to keeping the secret. Mm. So, so the Lord, dark loyalty or false loyalty, it's sometimes called, can stop people being willing to actually honestly look what's happening in their life. Yep. And sometimes they've been under abuse where they've been made to promise they won't say anything. So these are hindrances to the journey. But to take the journey, here's step number one. Step number one is where you own that your heart journey is your responsibility. Very it's not the pastor's. If you make it the pastors and the churches, then they can't, and they can't, and they're not ill-equipped for it. You are now a victim in a situation. You can't do anything. Very good. So I think the first thing is, this is my heart, my journey. I am responsible for my heart. It'll determine my destiny. Wow. So once you take ownership, see, the big problem with many people is they remain in a victim mode where they're trapped. I can't do anything. There's no one here to help me. You know, um, there's no one here understands me. Wow. Now, maybe that's true, but that does not mean that you're limited to those people. Right. So 
I realized in, in the early days, I was under a pastor who didn't understand certain areas of ministry, deliverance and healing, those kind of things, but he had wonderful qualities. So I embraced the wonderful qualities so I could receive from them and then looked elsewhere to meet the lack. Mm-hmm. In proper team ministry with apostolic governance, then healing and deliverance and those things will all be there present. But when there's no proper governance in the church or apostolic ministry, the things may be lacking. But don't let that lack there mean you can't go somewhere else. Very good. So you don't have to leave your church or stop serving in your church. You've just got to own, first of all, I have a hard issue that I need uh, working on. That would be the first step. The second thing that you could do is ask the Lord to direct you to people, ministries, or resources that can give understanding and insight and help you. Very in good. other words, because I found the Lord will lead me to the things. It's just like it's uncanny yeah. how you just find the right thing you want. It's, yeah. how do you, Joyce says, how do you find these things? I said, I've got no idea. <laughs> it just turned up somehow. I was looking for this and that, and I suddenly found that. And it just is exactly what I needed to know. But right I now. spoke about that very issue, that you, you, you've got to actually pray and ask God to lead you to the right yes. person or whatever. I yes, mean, exactly. Pretty, carry on. Yeah. And then the third thing I would do would be to start journaling. Start to develop heart awareness. Heart awareness means you place priority on your heart. You Instead of dismissing what you feel, dismissing yep. how you're reacting, dismissing what's going on, or feeling living under condemnation, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be doing that, and always apologizing, or living in shame, you know, I've got to hide this thing. Just sit down, put some worship music on, and start to journal what's going on. Not as a judge, but as an observer. Wow. A judge looks at it and says, that's wrong. So, so you say, so for example, you say, well, I felt angry. Well, a judge will say, well, you shouldn't feel angry. You're a Christian. <laughs> well, you, you understand? So for some people, the judging voice will stop them being honest with their heart. Hmm. So you just need to pray and silence the judging voices and value your heart enough to bring what is going on into the open. So journaling can help you do that. You write down what you experienced and what you were feeling and then what thoughts come. And you start to open up then to become aware of the struggles of your heart. And getting it out in front of you puts it out where now you can look at it and sort of see it. When it's going on inside, it's like a swirling mess of darkness and it just seems like it's one thing's another and another. But if you write it down, now you can look like you're observing it and say, oh, I've got a really issue. I was hurt there and I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart. For most people, it's the issue of unforgiveness or bitterness or barriers they've built up or traumas they've walked through. So if it's a trauma, like an abuse, you need special help. Start to pray and go look for the help. Some of the other things, you can actually process them. So you can process your forgiveness and lead you through to a path of acknowledging the pain. See, this is a big problem with forgiveness, Brenton. You you, you would have known this. People say a prayer of forgiveness as an act of will, but they never let, Jesus said, forgive from the heart, Matthew 18, 34, 35. Mm. Forgive from the heart. What does it mean to forgive from the heart? You get to, see, the word forgive means release the debt. But if, if you don't know what the debt is, how can you let it go? If you're in denial about how big the debt is, your heart's never going to let that debt go. So the very acknowledgement of, so like, for example, I said, look, Brent, I'm sorry. Uh, look, look, I just cost you a bit of something, you know, it cost you a few dollars. You know, would you forgive me? Now you could just say, yeah, 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 it's nothing. You know, it's okay. Forget it. Now what you've done is you haven't engaged the issue. No. You've actually covered it. Mm-hmm. 
it sounds magnanimous, magnanimous, but it, but it isn't. It, it, it's actually covered. It hasn't it hasn't asked the questions. What is the loss? What is the cost? Mm. It's two dollar pen. Yeah, yeah, okay, easy. But if I said, you know, that million dollar house you've got there, I had an accident and burned it to the ground. I know your insurance expired yesterday. It's going to be a real problem for you. <laughs> now you understand. It's 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 an issue of magnitude how it's impacted you. And frequently people don't stop to reflect, how am I impacted by that? Wow. In other words, they deny their heart. They, they disconnect from their heart and don't ask the simple question, what am I feeling around this? What grief have I got in my heart? What pain or injustice am I feeling in my heart as a result of that? I need to acknowledge it before God can actually take it away. So when I acknowledge the pain and the injustice and the grief I'm feeling and the loss it's caused, that's what I'm bringing to the cross. The cross is the place of exchange where I can exchange my pain and receive his healing and then forgive. So I found the biggest problem, like I'll give you an example. I had a, I had a whole group who we were teaching on deliverance in, in, uh, in Singapore and uh, the young students. And so, so, I ended one session saying you must actually address the issue of unforgiveness with your parents. So I said, this is how to do it. I said, you've got to acknowledge the pain because most of you are so loyal, you're not acknowledging the pain. Wow. So I said, so go and write a letter. And to do it, to acknowledge the pain and overcome the false loyalty thing, here's what you do. You write on the first side, dear dad, and then write all the wonderful qualities you can think, whatever you can think of until he's got no more. List them all. If it's a short list, it's a short list. It just is what it is. If it's a long list, it's a long list. Wonderful. You've got a great dad. And then, then look at it. Now you've bought out all the things that you should honor. He's your source of life, number one. And then there's been these qualities and things he's done. And one. Those are the things I can actually say. I thank, you. I thank my dad for that. Thank you for those things. Father, I thank you for my, my father for what, what he's contributed. But he said, then turn the page, because he's also a broken person that's got good and bad. There's strong and weaknesses. Now look at the other and look at it honestly. And then, then I said, now write down the things that, that were done or, or withheld and how it's affected you, how you feel about it, how it's affected you, and then what you did to try and manage that. See, what, what he did is his stuff. What he withheld is his stuff. How it affected me is my stuff. How I tried to cope with that is my stuff. See, so that, that how it affected me is the grief part, the forgiveness part. How I cope with it is where the repentance part comes in, where I'm not going to abandon or put off the old man, the old reactions, and put on a new way of handling that. But if you don't go into the process, how does the healing take place? Mm. So it's quite simple. You write it down, what happened, and then how I f feel about this in my heart. And a lot of people try to make it nice. It isn't nice. If you're very highly angry and full of rage, that's what you got there. Get it out on paper. So you, that's what you're bringing to God. Wow. You, 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 Lord, I've been holding rage in my heart for years. It's no wonder I react and kick out just so easily. I'm harboring this deep anger. Now I repent of my anger and all the destructions caused. Now I'm, I want to release. I choose to let it go now. So, so there's the acknowledgement the facing the reality of the damage and grieving over it, then the repentance and for the forgiving of the of what's done and the repentance of how you've tried to cope with it in an ungodly way. 
Well, of course, so we got the suit. We had the whole crowd there. So I said, I'm going to lead you through a pre. You've all got it written down. You're going to hand the paper over as we minister to you. Handing the paper over is a prophetic faith act. You're letting this thing go. Well, we, well it was fine. The first couple we prayed for, three I prayed for, great. They got delivered immediately. They let go of it. Bang, the Holy Ghost came on. And they were the third one, a uh, fourth one, that it was a girl, a little girl, and an Asian girl, and I couldn't get the paper out of her hand. She was holding on to it. And so I began a tug of war. I'm trying to get this piece of paper, and I'm pulling, 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 pulling. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get the paper out of the hand. He said to me, that's what unforgiveness looks like. No. Wow. The refusal to let go, even though you know you're holding on to this thing. Wow. He said, you cannot take it from her. She has to choose to let it go, or she can't be delivered. Matthew 18, 34, 35, you know, if you won't forgive from the heart, you'll be delivered to the tormentors. I just spoke to her, I said, I can't take this from you. You're holding on because you hurt. If you let it go to the Lord, you make room for him to come and set you free. Will you let it go? She handed it to me the moment she, I didn't even get to pray for her. The power of God just came straight on her and down she went, hit the floor and got delivered just like that. So, 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 so I find that the journaling process is a way of engaging the heart. And so what our, our problem these days is everyone's too busy to take time to work with the heart. Everything today is instant. So instant this, instant that. So you cannot have instant heart. Your heart has to be cultivated. Your heart needs an environment where it feels it can open up. And so the place for that is quietness, solitude, worship, and then a time when we're in the presence of God. And that's when we can start to touch the deepest layers of our heart. Just as you were talking about Moses' tabernacle, the body, the soul, and then the spirit heart here is at the core of the tabernacle where we engage God. So we've got to be, we've got to be nurturers of our own heart. I, I can just I can just feel people right now listening to this and are just going, why didn't I hear this 20 or 30 years ago? Oh, right, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, that is so empowering for people to actually commence a journey of healing. Yeah, yeah. So if you take responsibility for your journey and stop blaming and stop being the victim, God will lead you to weaken the help. And I'll give you a few places you can look at. Uh, the first place to start is your own journaling. Start get, Just get a journal and start the daily journey of writing your heart out so you can see what's there. And it'll be obvious where you need to forgive, where you need to just weep and grieve, where you need to exchange it with the Lord, where you need to repent of some things. Um, and then ask the Lord to speak to you and affirm back to you things. So, so you start to listen to the voice of God. Um, second place, you can go and go to my website, myconnellministries.com. There's a lot of free material there. A third place you could go there would be a website called Mark de Jesus, or probably Mark de, Ye de, de Jesus. Uh, Mark de Jesus. He has got lots of material on the heart and some very good books, very easy reading, short chapters, and he, he's, he's a person who's worked and processed the heart. Another place you could look for is an Elijah House Ministry who are very strong on ministering freedom to the heart. So again, your heart is your responsibility both to bring the wounds and the brokenness to the Lord for healing and also to grow the character qualities of Christ in it. So your heart needs both healing and formation. So we develop the heart qualities of the kingdom. So if you look at, say, Matthew 5 through 7, it's all about the heart. It's all about heart qualities. 
In other words, if you develop meekness in your heart, then it, it qualifies your an expansion of your influence with people. The meek shall inherit the earth, meaning that we are able to increase our influence because we've got our strength under control. We're not angry people reacting to every little thing that's going on and so on. Remarkable, just remarkable, Mike. Um, and uh, I'm not actually going to ask you any more questions. In a couple of moments, I'm just going to get you to, to pray and, and just as the Holy Spirit leads you to, to pray in whatever direction you feel to pray as a result of what you've shared. You know, it, it is all about the kingdom of God, isn't it? I mean, yes. I, I use the word invasion and, and someone was, was a little bit shocked at me using that word recently. But but actually, that's the issue. The the kingdom, God wants to invade our yes. lives and to take over the territory of our hearts. Yes. So that yeah. he, so that it's, mine, it's yeah. his kingdom. Yes. His place of rulership. Absolutely. And to make our heart the seat of his kingdom in our life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So one of the, you used an interesting word, territory. So if you look in, say, uh, in the in in the in the Old Testament, they had to go into a territory and conquer stronghold by stronghold by stronghold, and there were different armies, different things they had to conquer. And it's the same with us. Our life, we have areas to conquer, whether it be fear or rejection or shame or abuse, or there's these things to conquer. And so always it was enter the territory, um, overcome and, and uh, cast out of that territory what was invading it, and then establish kingdom culture in there. Mm. And that, so it's a great, and here's the bit I love in Exodus 23. Uh, God says, little by little will I give you the land. Will you inherit the land? Mm. So, so in other words, this is a journey, a process, little by little. In case he said it gets too much for you and you get overwhelmed by it. So you don't have to fix everything. You, even if your life's a mess, where do I start? Well, just start with one thing and start the journey. You'll get somewhere. Yeah. So little by little. And then he says, um, I will give the land to you and, uh, and then you will take the land or I will overcome your enemies. And then you will overcome your enemies. It looks almost like he's saying, contradicting himself. When, and when in fact, what it is this, he said, I have already paid the price to subdue your enemies. You must activate faith and play your part in this journey of overcoming. Yeah, wow. And you see, if you have a victim mentality or a wrong thinking, you just want to come up the front for a, a quick prayer to fix the problem. And it doesn't, mm. it gives relief, but not necessarily lasting change. Mm. So territory, we've got territories to overcome. And Brent, as you well know, we're still working on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the problem. You know, um, one of the illustrations that I that I often use with people um, is is God does he, he works in healing layer by layer. It's not instant. Yes. If He did it instantly, yeah. everything you wouldn't have the emotional, spiritual, even the physical capacity to hold it. And I often exactly. say it like this: Your spirit is like a light bulb that is covered in paper mache, and each time you you deal with the next issue, it's a layer of paper mache and it comes off, it comes off layer by layer and all of a sudden there's a dim light shining through. But yeah. we keep working, the Holy Ghost keeps working and, and before long the light gets stronger and stronger and stronger and Absolutely. eventually there's no more paper mache yeah. and, and suddenly you're free. And, Great illustration. And, and I, I, I say to many people, God, if God did it instantly, you wouldn't survive the process. 
because right, these right. things go so deep and often yes. go right back even um, pre-birth, uh, you yes, know, even yes, in the true. womb and, and, yeah. and inherited curses. These things yeah. are, are just so deep in, yes. in people's lives. And, yeah, it's really interesting. The, 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 I was talking about that person I spoke to about the, the, the secrecy over the mother. Well, after I prayed for her, and this woman wasn't even a, a Christian, and she, um, a couple of nights later, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she doesn't even know why she did it. She ends up writing all her history and all the pain and all wow. the stuff. And, and, she's, and I think she's still wondering why she did it, but she just found herself doing it. I said, well, that's part, you know, I, I tried to say that that's part of the Holy Spirit, bringing yes. healing, bringing to the service, yeah, yeah. bringing to the yeah. light. Bringing to the light, yeah. That's what God does in people's lives. That's why Absolutely. your Very healing good. is, is in, you know, so important that you actually become a Christian, that you allow God's yeah. spirit to invade your spirit so that you might be born again and God will start to work even more deeply with you. But, you know, Mike, I, I would say this, that, what, what we've just heard from you is some of the most powerful and I think personally um, uh, equipping for a person entering the and, and continuing in the journey of healing that I've heard. I mean, I mean, the words, the phrases that you use are just so incredibly brilliant. And I know that there are many people right now who, have, who are listening to this and are just uh, hardly knowing how to contain yourself because you're saying, why have I never heard this? This is so, I, I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I really feel for that because, you know, I, I am so distressed by the, the brokenness and, and yeah. wanting to see people Same. healed. So, Mike, I just think what would be really good as we come to a close today is, uh, is for you to just pray. And, you know, whatever the Lord leads you in prayer, and we can take 10 minutes even if necessary, even if the Lord gave you some words of knowledge. I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind what you do. But but let's just... Well, you might have some Lord. words of knowledge. Let's just see what the Lord does. We start praying in the Spirit and then yes. see how the Lord moves, eh? Let's do it. Let's do and it. And we'll leave all the other questions you had to another time. <laughs> oh, look, absolutely. Come on, let's just pray. And then and, and as, as you feel led of the Holy Ghost, Mike, just do what you feel to do. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. What's going on? Let's just worship Jesus first. That's the first key is to make him welcome. So let's do that together, shall we? Amen. We say, come Holy Spirit now to each person that is watching. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority now. I speak to the principality of Jezebel that has controlled and manipulated lives, has controlled hearts and emotions, has operated from the unseen realm, training people in controlling their life. I speak to that power now. I cut off your attachments to every person watching this now. I break the attachments. I bind your kingdom. I command a silence in your kingdom. I, I forbid all communication in the 
spirit realm that you work with, I bind it and forbid its operation right now. Yes. Holy Spirit, we release your presence now. We invite you to come into the hearts and lives of each person watching. Lord, people that have been have suffered, Lord, for the for the women that were never wanted and right from the very womb have felt a grief in their heart that I was I was something was wrong with me right from the start that I was never ever wanted, never embraced. So that to the child, Lord, that was raised and, sure. and they came, they were not wanted as a child. The pregnancy was an illegitimacy and the mother just grieved and didn't want to have you. But Lord, we just ask right now that all the grief of that you just bring to the surface right now. Yeah. Lord, the, the child that uh, is coming to life and the parents have been in conflict all through the womb experience and they're in a place of constant anxiety. Lord, right now, just bring all of that up to the surface now. Yes. We just bring it to the cross. Father, the, the child that lost his father, but there was just a mother caring for him and she did her best, but something's deeply missing and there's a grieving over a father. Father that betrayed the family, a father that has walked away. And the question in the heart, why? Why did he leave me? Lord, right now, all the grief of that rejection, Lord, just surface that grief right yes. now. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal the love that Jesus has for each person right now. Lord, for people that have suffered because there was something uh, lacking in their physical life and perhaps they had a sickness when they were young and right now lord they've gone through a, a traumatic experience just as a young person it wasn't their fault lord but lord they've always felt something's wrong with me father in jesus and we just break the shame we command all shame to go right now i speak to shame that's covering people the shame of being abandoned i break it now i command you release that person right now the shame of being rejected uh, I break that now in Jesus' name. The shame of being physically punished and abused. I break that shame and the yes. grief and spirit of trauma right now. Uh, the shame of being touched where you didn't want to be touched, uh, of being violated. I break the shame of that. I break the soul ties to that trauma. I command the spirit of trauma to go now in Jesus' name. I command defiling spirits, come out, come out, come out, come yes. out. Uh, defiling spirits that have come through unclean activities, through abuse, through unwanted sexual activity. I command those defiling spirits, all of you, out, out, out. Yes. Spirits of perversion, unclean spirits where there's been incest. I command you to come out now in Jesus' name. Spirits uh, with this uh, pornography. I just speak to those who are bound by pornography right now. I speak first to the root of rejection in your heart. I command that spirit of rejection to come out now. I break the lie. I'm not acceptable. I break the lie. I'm not good enough. I break the lie. Something's wrong with me. I break the lie. Nothing I do is good enough. I come against the spirits of rejection, personal and inherited. I command you go in Jesus' name. Now I Cut off the soul ties to pornography. I speak to that root of pornography now. I take authority now. I break all soul ties to images and websites. I break all soul ties to images, websites. I come right now against the, the spirits of perversion, of trafficking, of prostitution, of lust and perversion. Yeah. I command you go in the name of Jesus Christ right now. I command you release and loose right now in Jesus' name. Come out of those people right now. Come out, come out, come out. I just command all defilement to come out of your heart and spirit right now in Jesus name. Now I speak to the images in your mind. I command every spirit that's attached to those images and memories. I command the tormenting spirits to go now in Jesus name. I command you to leave and release the mind right now in Jesus name.
Now, Lord, let you, Lord, we exchange all of the ungodliness and uncleanness for your holiness. We pray, Lord, create a clean heart, a pure heart and an upright heart. Lord, create a pure heart and an upright heart. I pray, Lord, now for minds that have been corrupted and rewired by pornography. I speak right now. I break down. I curse those neural paths of pornography. Father, I ask that you'd reestablish godly pathways through meditation in your word in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Lord, touch people, other those who have been abandoned and are lonely. Father, right now, pour out your spirit and your healing upon them. Father, for those that are in churches where they've been controlled, where their, their needs have been neglected or rejected, where they've been exploited and are suffering. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we break all bondages of false loyalty. We break those and release you to hear freshly from your heavenly Father. Uh, in Jesus' name, we come against the spirit of grief and break the spirit of grief over not being heard. Father, I ask you'd begin to speak to broken hearts right now. I see. I saw a picture as soon as I started praying. I saw a picture of, of Jesus. It says, you know, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall mm. not lack any good thing. The Lord God Almighty, the eternal unchanging one is my shepherd. And I saw Jesus gathering up a broken sheep in his arms. And that sheep's you. It's a little lamb. And I, I see him inspecting the lamb for where it's damaged and broken and wounded. But he's holding it in his arms near to his heart like he's holding you right now because he wants to bring healing to you. He wants you near his heart. He wants you to know you are loved. Mm. You are always loved. He has always loved you. He has destined you for love. His plan is that the same love the Father has for him, you would experience it. And it comes through deep union with him. He wants you to experience his love right now. So in Jesus' name, I just release a revelation of the love of God. Lord, your word declares the love of God is shed abroad out of our heart by the Spirit of God. So, Holy Spirit, come right now where people are alone and just grieving and weeping and come and reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, come right now. Let them feel the love that he has. Let them experience his passion. Let them see his eyes full of compassion and his tears of empathy and concern. Let them feel the reality of his love right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you that right now you're working on people wherever they are. Father, we just speak right now to roots of bitterness. In Jesus' name, I take authority of every root of bitterness. I break the spirit of bitterness off your life in Jesus' name. I command bitterness to go. Lord, in face of that poison, I ask for the sweetness of your spirit to come into people's heart right now. Let them experience your love and healing presence. I thank you, Lord that you came to heal the brokenhearted. That if we will let you into that room where we're broken and hurt and in shame and in pain, where we've reacted in a hostile, if we will let you in, you will do a cleaning job. You'll come and you'll heal the broken places, yes. remove the defilement, restore honor and dignity again. Father, for those who've suffered the loss of honor, have been put to shame, and are carrying a burden of shame. Mm. Right now in Jesus' name, I break the spirit of shame. I break the lie. I'm the fault. I'm the problem. Something's wrong with me. I release honor and dignity back upon you. Mm. Lord, just as you not only healed the woman with the spirit of infirmity and delivered her from her spirit, 
you restore to honor publicly. I ask you to restore honor to people who are watching today mm. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a person here um, who is listening, um, and the Lord showed me that when you were 26 years of age, I saw your father standing in front of you and saying this, I knew you would never amount to anything. I want to pray for that person right now and, and break the curse and the words that came against you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I go right to that moment in that person's life when they were 26 years of yes. age. And I break that curse. I bind the power that that had around them. And I release them. Where there's been a curse, I release blessing upon that person. Bring your healing into their hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Lord. Amen. 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 I just see someone in your young person, a young man. And I see you around about the age of eight. And I see you cowering. And your father is, is drunk and he's, he's violent. And it's been a pattern in the family, but there was something happened really badly around about the age of eight, and you're carrying the trauma of that. And I really want to pray into that trauma right now. So just right now, wherever you are, maybe even more more than one person watching that has that issue right now, if you'll just lift your hands to the Lord and surrender and be willing to let go. Will you let go of forgiveness? Will you let it go? Let Jesus come in. Father, in Jesus' name, I come against, I cut off the soul tie to the trauma. I break every attachment to the trauma of that physical abuse and that verbal abuse and those eyes full of anger and rage. I break mm. the soulish attachment to it right now in Jesus' name. I command the spirit of trauma. I command you, go in Jesus' name. I command spirits of fear, go in Jesus' name. Yes. I speak into your body and I command your body to release all memories of the pain and the trauma. Every cell of your body, release it now in Jesus' name. I command order back into the cells. Let every cell be restored completely as it was before the trauma. I speak into your nervous system and I command the nervous system to come to rest again. I release peace into your nervous system. I speak right now into the places in your mind where now you've been wired to look with anxiety at things, people. I break that off your life. I, I command healing into the pathways in your brain. They'd be restored to godly thinking and responses in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. Mike, words cannot even express what I believe the Holy Spirit has just done today. Um, I know... Powerful, I think. Very powerful. I, you know, I've done a number of Zoom meetings with literally thousands and thousands of people. And it, it's all coming down to keys to get healed. Yes. I think today has just been, tonight has just been a phenomenal answer for so many people. And of course, uh, before this broadcast, um, uh, Pastor Mike and I were talking about maybe having a time um, again in the future where we put a lot more effort into praying for people and so on. And of course, uh, Mike, you have said, well, we've got more questions to answer, which basically I'm flagging up as, yes, I'm prepared to do back. another. another <laughs> okay. night. Let's do um, another time. Yeah. Maybe people um, have got questions that they want to put into you as well. That may yeah, be another way to go. Which would be absolutely fantastic. So people feel free to do that. 
But Mike, thank you for what I just think has been one of the most outstanding sessions. I'm very, very grateful for your time. And I know the people that have listened here tonight uh, are hugely impacted by it. Thank you so much. There's nothing quite like the experience of a man. <laughs> you know. Well, thank you for the honor of coming. I always enjoy working with you. And uh, I, I ju I've just loved the, this last couple of sessions, just the fun we have before it and then knowing that God is working uh, and touching lives. And uh, thank you for facilitating the opportunity to touch other lives. Oh, bless God you. bless you. Love God you. bless you, Mike. We love you so much. Look forward to you sharing again with us. Awesome. God Great stuff. Everybody. Good night. You too. Take care. Good night. Hey, thank you for joining us online tonight here at Encounter. It was awesome to have you with us. And wasn't that an incredible interview with Pastor Mike Connell? If you're new here, welcome. Welcome to this online church that we are doing during Level 3. And welcome to those all over the world who are connecting with us during this time. It is awesome to have you with us. If you want to connect with us, we would love you to do that. There is a simple and easy way for you to do that if you're in New Zealand. You can text our number. It is 5863 and text the words hello. And something will come to your phone. You fill it out and we will be in touch this week. And that will be our privilege to be able to connect with you. And for those who are faithfully giving into our church at this time, Thank you, and we are so appreciative of that, knowing that God will be faithful in your circumstances, in your family, this week and to the weeks to come. The easy way to do that tonight is just to pay online. There will be a slide that comes up after me that gives you the directions if you want that. So thank you for doing that as well. Hey, have a great night. Have an awesome week. Stay in touch, and we'll see you soon. I can what you have made the mighty oceans, the fiery stars, the fields and forests give you praise, my Lord, my God. I stand.
Oh,